Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the Appearance Psychology podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to how we look. I'm Nadia. And I'm Jade. And this is a special bonus episode on mentorship in academia. And it's a particularly special episode because it's in honour of one of the most remarkable mentors we know, our former co-director at CAR, Professor Nicola Rumsey, OBE, who's retiring at the end of this month. Mm, crying. And we are going to explore why a mentor is important in academia, some do's and don'ts for good mentorship, how to go about finding a mentor, as well as hearing what has made Nikki such a wonderful mentor over the years to so many people here at CAR. Yeah, and we thought instead of having to listen to us ramble on for ages as normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are going to take our questions straight to the team, as well as hearing from Nikki herself. And at the end, we're also going to tell you how we can set you up with a mentor at our Appearance Matters 8 conference in June 2018. So make sure you listen out for that at the end. Great. Great. So what are your thoughts on mentorship, Jade? What do you look for in a mentor? Um, what do I look for in a mentor? Well, I think it's about finding a person that you really think you're going to get on with. Um, and having a mentor that will support you, but actually also allow you to be creative and use your own initiative. What about you, Nadia? Well, I love mentorship relationships, and uh, it seems to have acquired a couple. Why limit yourself to one, eh? And on a serious note, I think it can be really nice to be mentored by different people and people with a range of perspectives and experience. You definitely learn a lot that way. Mm, Agreed. So tell me, Nadia, how does one acquire a mentor? Well, I guess it depends on the context and what kind of advice you're looking for. Different people are good in different situations, so it's good to identify what you want first rather than just approaching someone blindly. Um, Then in terms of approaching people, there are definitely occasions where I've asked someone for a coffee and a chat. Pro tip, by the way, if you're asking someone for some mentorship advice, always insist on buying them the coffee. Noted. (laughs) then uh, there are occasions like the mentorship breakfast at conferences oh more on that later yeah Uh, and then another useful tip is that a mentor doesn't need to be someone miles senior to you and I've often really benefited from mentorship from people with a few years more experience Um, and that can be really helpful because they remember the same challenges and can offer uh, really good advice and reassurance so like you know doing a PhD for example Mm, that's going to be useful for me starting my PhD next year. Any other tips you've got, Nadia? Mm, I don't know. I think it's important to be uh, really conscious of people's time. So um, you probably don't want to take more than an hour at mm. a time. And then I'd say definitely come prepared. So have some questions or issues that you want to discuss when you meet. Good point. And then take the lead. So take the lead when it comes to like scheduling the meeting. So make it as easy as possible for your mentor. So I don't know, set up a calendar invite um send a reminder that kind of thing it's really good tips thanks Nadia hi I'm Nick and I'm undertaking a PhD at CAR Um, I'm looking at intimacy and visible difference which you can hear more about in an upcoming episode Hi, my name is Philippa Diedrichs. I'm an associate professor here at CAR. I've been here for eight years researching body image, looking at what influences how people think and feel about the way that they look, but also designing and evaluating interventions to promote body positivity. So uh, Nick and I had been given the task to have a chat about mentoring, and I've got a question for Nick to kick us off. Nick, what I want to know is what advice would you give for someone looking for a mentor? 
Okay, I think that's a, a great question. And I would say that it's really important to know that person. So do some research into them, read their work, hear them speak, try and get a feel perhaps for how they treat other people, how they collaborate, how they how their working relationships are, and then obviously meet them and try and have a conversation with them if at all possible, whether that's face-to-face, -face, which might be preferable, mm -hmm. or via Skype or the phone. Um, so know, know the person and then also think about yourself. What are your needs? What do you want from a mentor? How can they complement your working style? Um, what can they offer to you so that you can try and fit, choose someone who kind of fits that profile? Um, and then once you have identified them and you know what you want, perhaps try and agree a level of involvement with them up front, how much interaction there's going to be. They're obviously going to be busy people and you want to make it as effortless as possible for them to help you. So make sure that when you do meet them, when you do speak with them, you're prepared, you've got a list of questions, you know exactly what you want from them. And then finally, um, if all that's in place, I'd say to trust them and to trust their judgment. You've selected them for a reason and it's probably a good one. I'd also have a question back to you, Philippa, which mm -hmm. is obviously your, you have a very successful career in academia, um, which uh, everyone in car acknowledges. And we would wonder how can having a mentor kind of help you achieve that in your academic yeah. work? Well, thank you, first of all, um, for saying that. I think mentors are really important because Obviously, in research and in academia, we get to interact with lots of people, our research collaborators, our managers, as well as people that we might supervise. Mm -hmm. But I see the role of a mentor as being a little bit different. What I look for in a mentor is someone who's a little bit impartial or that might not have their own agenda as such. Rather, it's about them sharing their expertise and viewpoint with me to help me. So... Things that I think are really useful, for example, it might be that they can help manage expectations or if they've got a lot of experience, for example, in academia, they'll probably have, you know, faced the same challenges in the past. So we all get rejected all the time for journal articles and grant submissions, and that can be really demoralizing. Uh -huh. um, but someone who's experienced, even just knowing that someone, you know, that you really admire and has published a lot still faces those same challenges can be really reassuring. But what I also find out really useful is thinking about the things that we don't get taught in our undergraduate or postgraduate careers. So not so much things about research methodology and stuff like that, but more how you manage difficult conversations with people, how you might manage relationships with external stakeholders, or say a challenging situation comes up at work that involves a couple of different people, and you're not sure quite how to navigate that. I think mentors can be really useful in that regard as well. So those insightful bits of information and hints and tips that you wouldn't necessarily read about in a book or get from your other colleagues can be really useful. Sure. So now that we've kind of covered that, uh, I think it's probably timely for this episode to reflect on the fact that we've both had um, been very fortunate to have the same mentor over the past few years, Professor Nicola Rumsey, and we're absolutely devastated that she's retiring. Of course. Um, although, as I keep reminding myself, she's not actually dying. She's <laughs> going to be around when I panic a little bit. So I think it's really nice in this context because I think she's a really amazing example of a great mentor. So how do you think Nikki's mentorship has been useful or valuable to you you and your career so far, Nick? Sure. And just for a little bit of context, Nikki's my director of studies, so she's my primary supervisor, kind of responsible for helping me uh, navigate the passage through undertaking a yep. PhD. Um, 
when I think of Nikki's mentorship, I probably think and would focus on the kind of softer side of mentorship, the fact that she's so supportive and empowering, she trusts the people she works with, and that kind of confidence and faith, I think, really flows through into the people she works with, and you can't help but yeah. benefit from them. She has a very relaxed style, which helps people, I mean, especially gain perspective when needed and helps um, perhaps deal with anxiety and the imposter syndrome. What, you get anxious during your PhD? Uh, Occasionally, occasionally. (laughs) Well, I think uh, most of us do, or have um, done. Imposter syndrome as well. I think it's really useful to have Nikki there to kind of provide some validation for what you do and um, what you're, you're doing. And I think that she's also created a fantastic environment for people to work in, whether it's doing a PhD or whether it's research um, pre or post doc. Um, and her mentorship and the way she kind of interacts with everyone kind of I think filters through and gives the centre a really nice feel. So I think she has an indirect effect in that way. And uh, how about yourself, Philippa? How do you think Nikki's mentorship has been? Yeah, well, it's interesting hearing you say that because my experience is remarkably similar. I came, moved to the UK and Bristol and started the Centre for Appearance Research on the coldest winter that the UK had had in 35 (laughs) years. And I started work on the 3rd of January and I'd come from a hot Australian summer, moved to Bristol, didn't know anyone, had only met Nikki several times before, but I can remember on my first day at work um, where I was quite nervous and anxious, she came up to me and just gave me a massive hug and said, welcome, and I'm so glad to have you here. And that's just one example, I think, of Nikki's warmth. And like, as you said, she's one of the kindest and warmest Um, people that I know but she has substance to back it up so it's not like she's a pusher over she'll certainly tell you when she disagrees with you or disagrees with something but I think one of the things that I've valued the most as over the past eight years as I've started off as someone just finished a PhD to now someone who's probably in like at a mid-career stage is that I've just known throughout that whole process that she's always been in my corner so she's always there rooting for me and supporting me and genuinely wanting the best for me as well, which is just so encouraging to have that that kind of that support. Um, she is also at excellent at talking to other people and managing relationships. I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't like mm-hmm. Nikki, and so I found her to be a really valuable research asset. Sorry, not just in terms of her skill set and the practicalities of doing research but actually how you build relationships with people, how you influence things. Um, And you can see, you know, she's been really successful at that through massive achievements in her career, like coordinating cleft care and getting psychological support into cleft services and building a European network of researchers in the area. I could go on and on and on actually talking about Nikki and I was a little bit nervous preparing for this podcast because I didn't know what I would say because she has had such an influential impact on my career and I don't think I would be here putting up with the terrible winters in the UK still if it wasn't actually for her and her support. So I'm really grateful for that. Oh, that's a wonderful testament. And it sounds like you're saying uh, loyalty, warmth, expertise and fantastic interpersonal skills. And that's everything you could ask for in a mentor, I think. Yeah, it? exactly. I'm Matt Ridley. I'm a PhD student here at CAR. And I'm Nicola Stock and I'm a research fellow here at CAR. So Matt, what qualities do you think are most important in a mentor? Well, other than obviously you know, being experienced and a trusted advisor in terms of the work that you're doing, um, I think it's really important from my experience of both good and bad mentors 
and it's about how they make you feel and that's a really important um, source of support and when things are hard and um, feeling like you can get through um, whatever it is that that is difficult. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I really agree with that. Um, I also think that it's about being a positive role model. So I think they can give you the advice, but then they also have to emulate that themselves. So it's about leading by example. So how important is it, do you think, to have a mentor and what difference has it made to you, Nicola? Uh, I think it's been absolutely crucial for me. Um, If I hadn't had the guidance and the emotional support that I have had, To be honest, I don't know if I would still be working in um, academia, and I certainly don't think I would be in the place that I am now. What do you think, Matt? I think, for me, obviously, still currently doing my PhD, that's been really helpful in that respect, but I think it's more about that sense of direction in terms of what you do beyond the PhD, um, and that's been really helpful. So, Matt, Nikki's obviously been your mentor throughout your PhD. Yeah, so a few years now. I understand she's been yours for how many years is it? Uh, I think it's since 2006, so yeah, it's quite a while now. But I still find it quite difficult to actually pin down what it is that makes Nikki's mentoring style so good. So I'd be interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I think from my perspective, um, it's probably the fact that I really look forward to supervision and engaging in the mentorship process with Nikki. I think that's, you know, the big part of it, that I enjoy that, I look forward to that. And the key aspect is that Nikki is able to create an environment that's conducive with learning and expressing yourself and more than that, challenging yourself. Um, and one of the key parts of that for me is how she's able to help you disentangle challenging situations, remove barriers and to move forward positively as a result. And I think it also doesn't hurt that we do a lot of our supervision sessions in coffee shops. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're probably right for that as well, yeah. Um, but I think what you said was really interesting, and another thing I picked up on there was that Nikki just has this awareness of um, what each individual person needs. So she kind of knows how your brain works and kind of knows what you need to develop and to move forward. So um, she adapts to that. But also, I think, not just in general, but she adapts to the context as well. So she knows what's go- what else is going on in your life and she kind of is invested in you as a whole person. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think for me, it's about she's genuine. It's 100% natural. Yeah. So we've talked a bit about Nikki's mentoring style, but what really fascinates me is the impact that that has on the centre as a whole. So Nikki is someone that you want to follow. I think she attracts a certain kind of person Um, to the centre and that builds a team who are not just academically strong um, and driven but that are also really supportive of each other and who kind of share the same values. So I think that starts at the top with Nikki and then filters all the way down. Yeah and I think that puts us all in good stead to be hopefully good mentors for others. Absolutely. Hi, um, I'm Heidi and um, I've been at CAR for around 10 years now as both a doctoral trainee and um, now as a senior research fellow. And I'm Amy and I'm also a senior research fellow here at CAR and I have been here for around four years after I moved from Australia. So we were just chatting with ourselves about our experience of being mentored by Nikki and some of the wonderful positives um, and experiences that we've had. 
Yeah, Nikki has been exceptionally supportive to me, particularly around um, managing the big move from the other side of the world and has always been exceptionally warm, encouraging, always there to lend a hand, lend an ear um, and has been really, really supportive of me both professionally and personally. I think that's a real skill, isn't it? Because Nikki brings a real emotional intelligence and ability to empathise but is really good at cutting through um, and helping you make decisions and getting unstuck around um, difficult issues. Definitely. She's always, uh, her door is always open, always has time for you. And yeah, the main feature for me has always just been her warmth and encouragement. Yeah, and getting that work-life balance right. Um, yes, always understand. For me, she's personally understood the struggles that I've faced um, moving here and just feels like she's your number one fan, really. It's a real gift. Hi, I'm Katrin and I'm a research fellow in CAR and my research is focused on exploring how people's body image can be affected after having a burn injury. Hi, I'm Nicole and I'm also a research fellow and my research focuses on the psychosocial impact of breast cancer and decision making about breast reconstruction. So Nicole, you've been at CAR for over seven years now, so quite some time. Um, has there been a time in your career when mentorship has been particularly important? Uh, well, certainly when I first started at CAR, I very much relied on mentors to guide me and advise me and all sorts of things. But I suppose now, looking back, it's really clear that mentorship has been extremely important and valuable throughout my time at CAR and continues to be. Um, so although the content and what we talk about may change, I will always need support, guidance and someone to talk to and I'm extremely fortunate that there are so many amazing mentors to choose from at CAR. So Katrin, you've also been at CAR for the same amount of time, in fact we started together. <laughs> um, when have you found mentorship to be important to you? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree um, with you. Um, mentorship has been essential throughout my career at CAR2, and I think it will always be really important. Uh, but the only thing I envisage that will change will be the focus. Um, and so I'll be focusing on sort of new skills um, with my mentor. Uh, and I feel really fortunate to have had a number of excellent mentors throughout my career in CAR. Uh, and one person I feel very lucky to have been mentored by is uh, Nikki Rumsey, uh, who's been my line manager on specific projects as well as my appraisal reviewer. Yes, I feel the same. Nikki's also been my line manager and appraisal reviewer too. Um, so from your perspective, Katrin, why do you think Nikki has been such a good mentor to you? Uh, well, for me, I think uh, it really is the way Nikki makes you feel as a mentee. Um, she is always uh, so positive and so kind and she really has a can-do attitude and she really helps you to think about and focus on developing your own personal research interests and career goals. And what about you Nicole, why do you think Nikki is such a good mentor? Well Nikki is a very warm, lovely, caring person who is incredibly generous with her time and advice. I think she's a wonderful mentor because she genuinely wants the best for you. She's really interested in, like you said, helping you develop as a researcher, focus on your own goals. And I think that's really special. Yeah, absolutely. We love Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Fab.
Fabio, what do you think the qualities are of a good mentor? Um, I suppose there are many, but one thing that really comes to mind is placing trust in a mentee. Um, and I think one phrase around trust is that um, the best way to see whether someone is trustworthy is to trust them. Um, and I suppose that also involves being able to spot people who you think you'll work well with in the future as well. Yeah, I think that really um, is important. I think giving a mentee independence so it makes you feel like you're fully capable um, of doing the work kind of on your own, but also mm. knowing that they're there as well, supervising you. And you feel it gives you the um, motivation and the encouragement that you need to know that you're fully able and competent to do the job. Um, but meeting up with them regularly to make sure that you are on the right path and to review your work together, but also knowing you have that independence. Mm, yeah and and sort of doing it in a in a spirit of optimism so giving your mentee challenges that you think they they will be able to achieve but extend them in some ways um and as you say motivating them and encouraging them through that process um so what do you think makes nikki such a good mentor well, I think that she is um, like your biggest cheerleader. So she's always wanting the best for you and looking out for you and your professional development. And she thinks kind of beyond that time. So, for example, at the beginning of your PhD, she thinks broader. She thinks, where do you want to be in a few years time? What do you hope to be doing um, in the future? And she's really, really good at getting you thinking about that and trying to foster the skills that you need in order to do that. Um, and I think that makes her a fantastic mentor. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh Another thing I think is that she is obviously generally interested in I think each of us as as, as people rather than just um, mentees, and I think that also helps her to to understand how we work best. Um, so, for example, with me, I think she she has clearly understood that for me I like to work sometimes uh, on a project, uh, you know for a few days at a time and, and feedback at the end of it um, given me quite a lot of space and autonomy and, and she she has, has given me that and I think that's allowed me to, to thrive in, in, in certain ways and also makes her very um, human and, and relatable and to me that makes her a really great role model to, to aspire to to see that you can be really successful and, and really down to earth as well. I completely agree. Um, if anything, I've learned from Nikki over the years, um, I think is all the qualities that she has. And like you said, not only focusing on your professional development, but also um, thinking about you as a person, the fact that she's so down to earth and lovely and warm um, and really does want the best for you um, in terms of your career. Um, I'd really, really hope that I would take on those qualities as well. And so when I go on to mental um, people, that I would be thinking about all these certain aspects that Nikki has, which make her um, such a fantastic role model and really, really inspiring. Um, so I think not only is she good um, for all of us as a mentor, but I think she also gives us a lot of food for thought for how we would then like to go on. Um, and she's a really, really good role model for the rest of us as we transgress through our own careers and how we would like ment mentees to view us and to feel like they have a comfortable um, but supportive and friendly and warm relationship with us as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. And she also makes fantastic cakes. <laughs> that she does. Hi Di, so as you know we're talking about mentorship on this podcast episode. So what I'd like to ask you as our director at CAR is what makes a good mentor-mentee relationship? I suppose 
Because in my experience, I'm thinking of my the mentoring I've had from Nikki over the years, mm-hmm. many years, but also people I've mentored mm-hmm. as well. I think it's about having mutual respect, mm-hmm. realizing that you can both gain something from this, needing to give time to it as well. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's really important, and you can see that from you know how Nikki mentors people. You know, there's always finding the time for it. Um, honesty mm-hmm. as well. You know, somebody can't support you if you're not being honest with them about what the challenges are that you're yeah. facing and yeah just recognizing how imp- how important it is it's not just a a passing conversation it's being accessible uh-huh. as well yeah that's great and i mean i i really think that the whole bit that both people within that relationship can gain something hmm. is is nice because i think sometimes you can think of it as a one directional thing that you know the mentee is a is the beneficiary yes. entirely. Yeah, yeah. So I and think I think as a mentor, it can be really rewarding. You yeah. know, you can see people's careers developing or them mm. developing as an individual to think that you'd like to think, oh, maybe you've helped that in some mm. little way. I mean, obviously, they've done all the hard, hard work, but it's part of what makes a job really rewarding is to be able to see people flourish, if you mm. like, and thrive and develop their own careers. And that's great. Completely. I, I really see that. Mm. And I think at Carb we're all really lucky because there are so many wonderful mentors and a lot of that comes from Nikki Rumsey or the culture that she's created. Um, so we had Nikki's retirement party this week and you gave a really beautiful speech about Nikki's mentorship for you. And I wonder, what are your takeaways from having Nikki as a mentor? Um, well, as I said in the speech, I remember many years ago, she said something had happened. She said to me, it's all about the people. It's mm-hmm. always about the people, which is true. It is, you know, whether that's because there's a problem or because it's what makes it yeah. a j- enjoyment and and the success of somewhere. Absolutely, the success of car comes down yeah. to the people within it. The other things that I've gained from her, such respect, I've got such, such respect for all that she's achieved. Mm-hmm. She's made working here, working with her, so rewarding for me personally. Mm-hmm but hugely enjoyable as well. Mm-hmm. And that's being able to, you know, cele- she's great at celebrating successes. I think mm-hmm. that's really key as well. Yeah. Celebrating and recognising people's achievements. Um, building a team spirit here. Yeah. You know, kind of mutual camaraderie amongst everybody. Yeah. And the people go above and beyond because they feel appreciated. Yes. Um, and that makes such a huge, huge difference. So everybody works really, really hard because they play hard too and we have mm-hmm. nice things that go alongside that as well and, and in a sense everybody contributes and that comes from setting an example at the top mm-hmm. which is what Nikki's done in, in bucket loads mm-hmm. oh, Brilliant, thank you so much Di You're welcome Great, so we've heard a lot from people of CAR um, about what has made Professor Nikki Rumsey such a super mentor Time to speak to Nikki herself now on her thoughts on mentorship Hi Nikki, thank you so much for joining us on Appearance Matters podcast, we're really excited to have you. Pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you, and as you know, this is a bonus episode, is on mentorship, um, and it particularly applies to academia. Yeah, so we wanted to ask you a couple of questions uh, about your experience in mentorship. So, we've heard a lot about how you've been a stellar mentor, so can you describe your mentorship style? Well, it's very nice that you've heard good things. Um, I think the mentoring I've done has been more informal than formal. Um, So, um, I guess I really enjoy talking to people and having the opportunity to get to know them better. So 
I think my style would be more about trying to get to know the person behind uh, the issue that they want to talk to you about and want some mentoring on and try and understand their motivation. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess my style is, is to do with making it as relaxed as possible mm-hmm. and making people feel able to talk about how they feel about things as well as, as well as about a particular work problem that they might come with. So what has shaped how you approach mentorship then? I've always been interested in interpersonal communication. That, that's the formal way of putting it. And in particular, nonverbal communication. So I've always loved chatting to people and kind of trying to make sure that I focus on what, what they're saying behind the words. So when you're talking to someone in a kind of mentoring situation, you get that opportunity. So you can listen to the words, but you can also have the chance to just focus on them a bit and try and unpick with them some of the stuff that's going on behind those words. So I was really lucky when I was at university. I had a fantastic mentor, well, tutor called Ian Gordon, who was just one of life's enthusiasts. And instead of dreading tutorials, we always used to be really excited about going to see him because he was always smiling and whatever you talked about, he would be enthusiastic about it. And he had a fish tank in his office and the fish, he he was interested in uh, patterns of reinforcement in behaviour. And sometimes we'd just all group around the fish tank and kind of laugh and giggle while the fish got closer and closer to the little button that they were supposed to press and then we would all leap up and down. So... His kind of enthusiasm for psychology and for life was very infectious. And I think that motivated me to to study much more than um, a more kind of straightforward, right, what have you done and, you know, what do you need to do, a, a kind of work-focused approach to it. So I guess he was probably the biggest influence. It's a great story and really interesting approach as well. <laughs> so what then have been some of your highlights of being a mentor? I guess the opportunity to get to know people better. Uh, I think somewhere like car that's really busy and has a very strong work ethic so everyone's really really getting their heads down and working hard it's easy to kind of miss the people behind behind the work um and i suppose part of the motivation to to make car a tight-knit group of people is because that interpersonal glue is is the thing that all makes it work for me so it's a bit cheesy to make it say that it's a bit like a family but but it is it's quite a big family now but that but that opportunity to get to know the people behind the roles the research assistants and the volunteers and the placement students is just massive and for me is a huge highlight mm-hmm. so can I just follow up on that quickly so mm-hmm. um do you think mentorship has a role in terms of bringing people together in, in terms of the wider team is that how you view it I think if I'm mentoring someone within CAR, I'd always encourage them to think about how they can be part of that community. Because mm-hmm. everyone's got, I think part of my style, if you like, or part of my approach would be to always try and focus on people's strengths. I think it's very easy to, mm-hmm. people often come with a specific problem that they want to talk about. So it can be, it could be quite a negative conversation. But for me, it's much more rewarding to try and encourage people to to also think about their strengths and think about how they can use their strengths um, to solve a particular problem or to contribute more or to solve you know, a work issue that they're worried about. Um, so when it comes to looking at the broader role with, within CAR, then people's strengths are the best thing to be able to contribute to the group. So mm-hmm. rather than try and get someone to do a task that they don't particularly want to do because they feel they should, 
try and get them to think about what they really enjoy uh, doing and whether or not they can kind of use that to apply themselves to something in car that will make it a better place to be. Awesome. Okay, great. Yeah, so you mentioned about how some people might come to you with problems or issues. Um, mm-hmm. So on the flip side, what are some of the challenges then? I think the biggest challenge is, is wanting to make um, a working working life better when you don't have any control over the circumstances around it. So I think along the way a big decision for me was not to go down the the managerial route of promotion because my experiences of that were that I was always trying to deliver other people's objectives and I didn't feel like there was enough wiggle room to be able to to help the people that were working here so you couldn't think creatively with them about how they might solve a problem because there were blocks um, that were not under my control so I guess the delight about having worked somewhere like car is that the environment is you know it's under your control it's it's um there are things that you can do to make it better and you're still working in part of a bigger institution and there are still you know kind of massive roadblocks along the way but at least some of the working atmosphere and some of the motivation to do what you're doing is is there so um so yeah i think i think that ability to suggest things to people that you can also influence in some way is 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 kind of really important no, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's great. Cool. So thinking specifically about research and academia, why, where does the role of mentorship come in and why is it particularly important? I think that's an interesting question. Um, I think working as a, an academic, working as a researcher particular, particularly, can be quite a lonely thing. People often are working on projects um, by themselves maybe they're doing a PhD like you Nadia <laughs> by themselves like you will be Jay and 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 I think um needing people to recognize what you're doing and the effort that you're putting in is easy when you're working in a team situation but actually when you're working in your own um academic silo it's harder and and yet success is all about trying to find your own area and becoming an expert in your area and there's that kind of period in between before you have your own team when it can actually feel quite lonely so I think it isn't important in academia to to do that I think people who teach get quite a buzz from teaching and there's always there are always students around to give them um, some kind of feedback but I think the life of a researcher can be lonely which is why it's great being able to work in a kind of critical mass like Mm -hmm. ours yeah absolutely and as Nadia mentioned earlier, you are a stellar mentor. So um, how would you suggest people go about getting and approaching a mentor then? I think it's really important to find someone that you think you're going to get on with. Um, yeah. I think there's nothing worse than trying to listen to and take advice from someone who, who just doesn't have the same kind of worldview as you or who doesn't understand yours. So I think someone who has relevant experience is obviously important. Someone who hopefully has experience of the thing that you need um, support with. Um, But also someone that you feel like you can relax with and be honest with and discuss, you know, both both the good things about how you're working and also also the challenges you know personal stuff I think always comes into it. One, One of the difficulties I've had in the past is trying to draw a boundary between mentoring and friendship. Um, and I often really like and come to like the people that I that I know better. But in the past, I've been tripped up by that because I've maybe offered too much to someone or I've offered them something 
that I haven't meant to offer. So I think the, the line between good mentoring and um, and a friendship, which, which is, is kind of a bit different, is, is often hard to draw. So I think I think when you're looking for a mentor, you want you want a certain amount of professionalism. They they need to understand the boundaries of that and not overstep them. But equally, you want someone who who you might be friends with in another situation because you you would have empathy with them. Definitely, it's important to establish that balance. Then, mm. yeah, aren't you? Yeah, mm. and you can be clear about expectations. Mm. Yeah. I think so. You can be clear about what a person can expect from you in a work context, but equally clear about the fact that you know you've got. Got, got a life outside of that and mm-hmm. um, and that there is a boundary there um, so yeah yeah absolutely okay so last question mm-hmm. what are your top tips on being a <laughs> stellar mentor <laughs> well be prepared to be interested in the person that you're mentoring um, it's a good start yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good start well you'd be surprised how often you know that that might not happen I think so I've, I've uh-huh. certainly been mentored by people who are clearly not interested in <laughs> in um, in the person behind you know that they're, they're just interested in the the work objective or the target or the goal and, and mm-hmm. it feels like a very formulaic and kind of impersonal process um, so yeah be be prepared to be interested um, be prepared to get to know them um, think about focusing on, on on what people already do well and and praise them for that mm-hmm. as you encourage them to acquire more skills but i think it's much easier to uh, to get someone to be motivated if they feel that their that their talents are appreciated um, as well as maybe encouraging them to think of things that they can they can work at as mm-hmm. well and have the time put the time aside to do it and that's something i absolutely can't claim to do well so you know one of the ways i have to try and make it work here is um is to kind of scan people quite regularly and the better you get to know them the more easy you are to pick up signs that maybe everything isn't quite right and and make sure that you um, even if you haven't got time to see people on a regular basis, that you you kind of encourage them to come and have a chat if you think that they're having a tough time. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, thanks Nikki. Nikki. You're, You're the best. best. Oh, how cool. <laughs> oh, how cool. Yeah. oh, that was perfect. That was that really was nice. Really that was quick. Yeah. Guys, that was so That cool. was You're excellent. Very, You're very good. That was such a fun interview. Uh, she really is the best. <laughs> she really is. So if you are an early career researcher slash practitioner and you're attending our Appearance Matters 8 conference, you should sign up for our mentoring breakfast on Thursday the 14th of June 2018. The event provides a great opportunity for early career researchers slash practitioners to meet leading experts in a friendly, relaxed environment and for mentors to meet up-and-coming researchers. Did you go last time, Jade? Yeah, I did actually, Nadia, and um, I was just a volunteer at CAR at the time, and I got a great opportunity to meet with uh, Kristen Farragon and to talk to her about her current research in Visible Differences, and also get to know more about her role as a researcher, which was really interesting. Um, Not to mention, I got to eat some yummy food in the process. Win-win, I say. (laughs) Um, The mentoring breakfast is included in your registration fee. However, places are limited, so wannabe mentees get registering. Yeah, we'll link to the registration form in the show notes. It literally takes just a minute of your time. I've just done it. Yeah, definitely. Recommend you doing it soon. Even though on the website it gives a deadline of mid-8th, you won't want to miss out, so register. Yeah, places will fill up.
P.S. This is a good time to register for the actual conference as well, as we're still in the early bird rates. Are you all registered, Jade? Sure am. How about you, Nadia? Of course I am. Also, if you don't have reason enough to come to the conference, you get to meet me and Jade. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Um, we'll be available for selfies in the foyer. Jade, I don't think the conference registration system is going to be able to cope. Now you've said that. <laughs> Through the roof. And on that note, we'll say goodbye and happy holidays. And a very special thank you to Nikki and to everyone else who helped us on this episode. And join us next time in the new year where we'll be talking about eating disorder prevention and why ditching New Year's resolutions about dieting is a great idea.